the consulting happened during the PhD. I think I, you know, two years in, I, I realized, oh, wow, I'm very, <laughs> I'm very bored. <laughs> and this is very, this is very tedious. Welcome to the 14th episode of the Struggling Scientist podcast. This is a podcast by scientists, for scientists, anybody size Jason, and perhaps even hobbyists. My name is Susanna, and I'm here with my co-host Jerome. Hi. Today, we have a very interesting episode. We're going to talk about the transition from academia to consulting. And to do this, we have an amazing guest, namely Ryan Cockley, who became a consultant after doing a PhD in food science. So let's start. Welcome to the podcast, Brian. We are very excited to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak on this subject. Yes. Um, now for our listeners, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Who are you? Where do you come from? Live now? Where did you study? And of course, any interesting hobbies that you have? Sure, yeah. So I started off uh, studying chemistry at uh, University of California in Irvine. So um, that's in Southern California. And uh, I completed my bachelor's and master's there. Um, and then I ended up moving to Wisconsin, which is much, much, much colder um, to study at the University of Wisconsin-Madison for food science. Um, from there, uh, I I left uh, in 2020 to move out to the Washington State in the Pacific Northwest, which is very beautiful, very lush part of the United States. Um, and I've, I've been loving it ever since. It's kind of my dream location. So I'm very happy to, to be in the area. Um, as far as hobbies, um, I'm a big runner. I love to run. I love to cook. Um, really, I just like to eat food with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so that's usually what we end up doing. Uh, we always try to find the best uh, or interesting, you know, little hole in the wall, street food, anything like that, that sort. So, oh, yeah, nice. I'd say cooking and eating, very important in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, that fits perfectly with uh, with what you did in food. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was secretly hoping you were into pickleball as well, since food science and pickleball. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, it's funny, my, my wife is trying to get me into pickleball. So, ah. you know, it won't, be, it won't be too far off, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, maybe for both me and Suzanne, but also our audience, I think most people in academia don't really fully understand what it is consultants do or what a day in the life of a consultant looks like. As a consultant, could you maybe highlight that a little bit more for us and our listeners? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say that, you know, academia is very focused on, you know, single subjects, single like precision experiments, a lot of data. Um, consulting is like, you know, see your pants, like kind of figure it out, be like one step ahead of your client, essentially. There's a lot of problems and issues in the industry and no one has the full solution. No one has the full, you know, picture scope. And I think a lot of it is like problem solving in a way that you, you're you learning at the same time. And I, I find that I'm always, always learning something new because, you know, at the end of the day, I only studied so much, um, you know, even if you spend five years on one topic, mm -hmm. I mean, that doesn't mean that you're, you're an expert in, in, by any means in, in the other parts of, of an industry. And I think the problems tend to be more, a lot quicker, mm -hmm. right? Like 
you know, some things can last for, you know, a couple of weeks, projects can last a couple of months, but nothing more than that. Um, and then a lot of it is just, you know, it's listening, it's listening to what your client has to say and, you know, what, what their issues are. And a lot of it can just be as simple as, you know, connecting them with, you know, a specific lab test or, uh, writing a technical document or, you know, doing a little bit of research to determine what is exactly happening to, you know, their product. Um, and, and the question is like, can you do something to provide, um, value where, you know, the client feels that they can move to the next stage or step of their their process. I work with a lot of startups. So mm -hmm. that usually ends up looking like hey, maybe they have a prototype or maybe they have some traction in the market and they're running into maybe a food safety issue. Um, maybe their their you know or their problem is that their flavor is deteriorating. And you know, I just look up some research literature, do a little, you know, scrolling through some textbooks, you know, and I, I zone in on that particular issue and problem. And I say, Hey, look, this is, this has been solved before. Um, and that's the one thing about consulting, which is really different from academia is that, uh, usually, you know, there's so little information in, in, in the industry because mm -hmm. everyone has their own secret sauce, so to speak. Um, but you know, no one really has access to the literature. So that kind of, that's kind of my specialty is where I can dig into research papers and, and get that little nugget of wisdom mm -hmm. and share it with my clients um, in a way that they can understand and, and fully actionize. Okay. Oh, interesting. Yes. So um, you are, as you said, a food science consultant. Um, what interested you in this topic and what made you even do a phd in food science to begin with yes yeah, so I, I had no idea that food science existed when i was an undergraduate I, I really loved chemistry um but you know for a long time i wasn't sure i didn't really want to go into pharmaceuticals or you know into um i really wasn't that interested in uh you know petrochemicals or a lot of the traditional routes for for chemists so um, actually, after I graduated, I, I decided to walk across the country to kind of reset my brain a little bit. <laughs> um, so I spent like two, six months and 2,000 miles walking the country. And, and during that time, I, um, I was really fascinated by the idea that, you know, everything was so simple. Like I had to eat, I had to walk, and I had to sleep, you know, and that sort of simplicity reminded me that that's that's what a lot of people have to do. And that's that's really the there's a lot of basics in, in the human experience. And when I also when I walked, a lot of people invited me to eat dinner with them um, into their homes. And it was very it was such a warm experience. That's something I'd never really, you know, thought was possible with with, uh, you know, this sort of walking kind of journey. Uh, I met so many people and uh I realized that food really connected all of us. So after that, I I just it just it just became this obsession. And I and I think I ran I ran into a journal article about flavor chemistry and I was like, oh wow, there's a whole there's a whole field called food science that I didn't even know it. Um and I think that's that's when I decided, yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go ahead and decide to do that. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I actually have a question, but before we get to that question, I actually wanted to ask what made you decide to do this 2000 mile walk uh, across the United States uh, or across America? Yeah, yeah. So before I graduated, my, my father passed away mm. uh, of a stroke. Um, and so he, he wasn't necessarily 
young, but he was young, young ish. And I, and then, and then after that, like a series of my uncles passed away mm. on his side of like cardio, cardiovascular diseases, heart attacks and that sort of thing. I just thought, wow, I don't want to, I don't want to like live my life, like ending up with a, you know, a countdown on my head. So something about it was just, I always had that dream for some weird reason. I, I love walking and I love the simplicity of walking. Um, and I really wanted to do something that was like very to the earth. And I thought that would be something that would get my brain out of the laboratory, out of academia, out of, you know, just my regular everyday life. It was just, it was a good enough experience to help me kind of figure out what the next steps were. Yeah. And it was after that that you sort of decided or figured out that you wanted to get into consulting? Or what was that? When did you figure yeah, that out? It was before the PhD. Oh. <laughs> it was, yeah, that was all before the PhD. Um, the consulting happened during the PhD. I think I, you mm -hmm. know, two years in, I, I realized, oh, wow, I'm very, <laughs> I'm very bored. <laughs> and this is very, this is very, uh, this is very tedious. Um, and, uh, you know, for what it's worth, I think I came in with an, an idea of what food science was about, but it ended up being a lot of basic biology and mm -hmm. chemistry, which is fine. I mean, I think that's what research ends up being is eventually fundamental things. But, you know, I really wanted to interact with people a lot more. And so I think probably in mean, the third year, I realized, hey, I, I could probably, I don't, I probably have enough knowledge to kind of go ahead and do this. So I, I ended up signing up for a website called Collabtree that does, uh, that kind of helps you connect, uh, helps connect scientific consultants with, um, with clients. And I just decided to post my web, you know, a little bit of a blurb about myself. And then I got my first client who happened to actually be in Wisconsin. So, hmm. you know, I drove down, you know, and we had coffee and I discussed their project. And, and I was like, oh, this is a lot of fun. This is like a lot more interesting. And their problem was very simple. It had to do with pH issues. Um, but I realized that most people don't have that kind of expertise or knowledge where it's like, you know, for someone that has kind of steep themselves in science for so long it's very basic very simple but you know for someone that's trying to run a business who really has more of a business or marketing background it it could change it's like a game changer because they don't realize what's possible um and so i i realized like in that moment hey this is this is really valuable and i was really glad i did that because when the pandemic hit um i had done like a few consulting you know, projects here and there. But then when the pandemic hit and I couldn't find a job, I was like, well, I might as well jump in because <laughs> I graduated the same year. So <laughs> it was very, it was a very, uh, it was a very smooth transition, so to speak, because I already had, you know, all this experience doing it on my own. So you already started consulting during your PhD already. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Just because I was a little bored. <laughs> 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 oh, cool. Um, so that is mostly the reason that you started uh, getting into the consulting. Um, and now you have obviously started your own business. Um, why did you choose to start by yourself instead of working for an established consultancy firm? Well, part of it was because I, we, me and my wife moved to a really remote location in, uh, in North America. 
Um, it was maybe two, two and a half hours from any major city. Um, population of 7,000, very small. Uh, so there was no chance of me getting any position. We really moved because she had a, she had found a position. Plus, it was also kind of a dream location, very rural. Uh, There's mountains, ocean, and forests. Um, and so I think it, was, it made sense to me. Probably doesn't make a lot of sense to most people. Now that I, when I talk to a lot of people, I realize like most think, okay, maybe I should find a job. Um, but my, my background is that, uh, you know, my, my parents ran their own businesses. Um, uh, a lot of my family members um, ran businesses. So, you know, somehow I kind of absorbed that as part of, you know, my mindset. And it just made sense. I, I'm very bad at working for someone. <laughs> I, I did an internship once uh, during my PhD. And wow, I, I don't, I don't take directions very well. I like to do things better, faster, and more efficiently. And I don't really like to do things the way that someone tells me to. So, you know, it, it was also kind of a personality thing where I realized that I, I wouldn't do very well in a normal employment setting. So, and I really like having my own hours. So that ended up kind of being the impetus. And I always knew that that would end up eventually happening down the road, even if I'd spend five or 10 years in a company, I'd probably end up doing this anyway. Mm -hmm. And so the pandemic really accelerated things because it was a lot easier to get clients. Um, you know, it was really hard to find, you know, skilled professionals in the United States in the food industry um, who would be willing to work for, you know, part time because everyone was part of a company. Uh, that tends to be the, the case in the uh, food industry is that you work for a company. Um, so I just became this sort of outlier, so to speak. And I was able to provide a service that people really needed. But no one could afford like a full time PhD level food scientist like that was so I ended up being able to do like something that, you know, they could afford it. And then I, I was able to actually succeed very well. at. No, that's very cool. Yeah. So obviously, as a food science consultant, you have the technical knowledge, the background, the expertise. But what else about your PhD would you say that actually helps you as well sort of making that transition did does it involve a lot of presenting networking or anything like that that you learned during your PhD for that or I don't I mean if you say like I learned it during my mm -hmm. PhD it's more like I you know, went ahead and did it myself yeah. um it's not that I had any sort of programmatic you know built-in mm -hmm. training for that um yeah, I, I'm actually not a, <laughs> I, I like saying this as a PhD guy. Uh, I'm not a very good researcher. <laughs> I, I don't mean that in the sense that, um, you know, I can't go and, 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 and do the work. I just, I, I'm very, I don't do uh, long-term projects very well. So when I'd say probably what the PhD taught me is being very resilient and learning to be very methodical in my thinking. But yeah, because I ended up kind of struggling a little bit, actually, in my PhD, uh, I was looking for other ways to sort of find outlets for what I was capable of doing. So I did a lot of writing. Um, I did a lot of uh, volunteering for uh, the association uh, involved with the food industry mm -hmm. um, called the Institute of Food Technologists. Um, and then I ended up getting so involved that 
I think a publisher reached out to me and was like, hey, we would like you to write a book on food science. And I thought, okay, why not? You were um, born this anyway. Was like the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was great because uh, first of all, it allowed me to distract myself from actually writing my dissertation. <laughs> Oh, we can imagine that so well. Yeah, Yeah, right. (laughs) I was like, oh, good. I have some, I have a reason to not do this. Um, So, yeah. So I ended up writing my dissertation parallel to the book, um, which, you know, in hindsight, maybe not the most recommended pathway, (laughs) but it was such such a good opportunity. And um, yeah, I think just learning how to juggle multiple projects was kind of what I learned in graduate school. And that that you end up doing that a lot with with consulting is just I have so many projects and they're so different. And I don't really I'm constantly juggling completely different things, um, which is a lot of fun uh, for me. I don't know if it works so well for every every kind of personality, but I, I really enjoy it because it allows me to reset my brain for maybe I did something really analytical okay, did that for an hour or two. Let's switch to something that's a little more, you know, I get to be on the phone and talk to someone. Okay, I'm tired of doing that. Let's, you know, let's do some marketing, whatever. Uh, so that that that's kind of, um, yeah. So maybe what I did learn from the PhD is I'm not very good at doing <laughs> one thing over and over again. Not good at all. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that uh, your, your method of procrastinating from the dissertation is basically to write another book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I drove my wife a little crazy on that one. Because, you know, I was, you know, during the day, I, I spent like eight hours on dissertation. And at night, I was spending another eight hours like editing a book. So, oh. oh, that sounds pretty hard. Yeah, um, it was fun. So you mentioned uh, this one website that you used. Uh, what were the resources that you used to help you make the switch to Consultants and was this a one man DIY project or uh, did you get some help? Yeah, yeah. I think um, honestly, it really was a one man DIY project. I I was I I kind of just put things together, kind of an uh, as finished as I could. (laughs) (laughs) So you know, I was really using a lot of free resources, and you know. I just, I just incorporated and I just got a business license today or mm. so, so, you know, that, you know, I've been doing this for two years and, and a lot of it is just kind of building things as soon as I need them rather than thinking I need them. And I think that's actually really good because it forces, it forces me to be very um, lean with a lot of my, my work, you know, like the website that I use, the hosting is, is all free. I've done everything free because, you know, I just don't have, I don't have a budget. Um, and even now, even though I'm, I'm bringing in income and, and revenue, uh, it's, I'm so used to just doing things, um, probably as bare bones as possible that it helps me kind of keep my overhead really low. So I, I like that. Um, you know, and even the equipment that I use in the lab, um, that I've built has just been come from, you know, leftovers from other projects that I've done. So I've never purchased anything myself, um, which I think is is probably the way to go because a, a lot of people who in this industry, you know, they they don't make the jump because they think, oh, it's going to be expensive or I'm going to need a lot of equipment or, you know, I need a research space. Um, honestly, I, I haven't I haven't felt that. I haven't felt the need for any of that. 
And I, I don't even think that's true for a lot of um, scientific fields. I think a lot of it can just be, you know, as long as you have an Excel spreadsheet and Word document, you can do a lot, um, especially things that are very useful for, for people in the industry. So I think um, it, it's probably a good exercise to, to try to do things as cheaply and as with the fewest resources as possible. I think that had a lot of opportunities to spend a lot of money. Um, and I really worked hard to not do that because, you know, it's very tempting to think that you can solve a lot of your problems just by throwing money at it or, or you know, trying to get new resources or spending a lot of time reading. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, you just have to do it. Um, that, that's something I learned for myself. And would you say that's also been the hardest thing to sort of learn and get around uh, constantly, the not having a budget, needing to constantly think creatively about a solution or is there something else about consulting that has been even harder than that for you? I think it's learning how to uh, deal with clients in a way that you learn quickly, whether or not someone's a bad or good client, mm -hmm. um, because people who people can really drain your time um, and, and learning to be very, you know, there's the one end you have to be kind of, you have to learn how to adjust to people and learn like, okay, maybe this person, it, you know, is a potentially a good client. It's just that, you know, it takes a little bit of time, some work initially to, you know, maybe we'll scope it out and, you know, do maybe 30 minutes or an hour of preliminary work. And then other times you're like, wow, this person just is trying to get as little as possible for me. So, and you know, that can be really frustrating. So you end up having to, you know, over the years, I've, I've really learned how to hone my skills and as in terms of, does this person really want my services or are they just kind of, you know, putting me for a loop? And so I, I've had to be very strict with myself in terms of my time. Um, I say time management is probably the most difficult thing. Um, learning to do all the other stuff, it's fun because I'm learning. I think I really enjoy getting my hands um, dirty and getting into the degree of things. But wow, like it's really hard to, I think the PhD experience made me think like, oh, I have unlimited time. And as a normal functioning human being who has, you know, is trying to build a business, I don't, right? Like at the end of the day, I really don't. And I, I've been really good um, learning how to just like, chunk up my time and say like this is devoted for work and this is devoted to relaxing and taking a break because mm -hmm. you, you burn out like mm -hmm. you because there's so many things to do there's always more to do and i think it's you can get, it's really tempting to say like oh i'll just do more and more and more but that's it's not possible you know you have only so much energy in the day you have only so much time um, and you know, you got to deal with other things in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, I just recently bought a house. So now I'm Ooh. gardening and cleaning and doing all these sorts of things I never thought I'd be doing. Um, and I'm glad for it because now I can shut my brain off because mm -hmm. if I don't shut my brain <laughs> off, I'm going to just, you know, yeah. go into space basically. <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations on the new house. Yes. Uh, thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate that. We are very excited to be able to introduce you to our new sponsor, Jenny AI. Not only does Jenny make our podcast possible, it also makes our life as scientists so much easier. Jenny is an all-in-one writing assistant that has everything that we have been missing in other AI tools. Yes, first off, unlike other AI tools, it actually finds accurate information in papers and cites its sources. 
It does not make things up and only uses real verified information that you can then also check the source of. Second, it's a writing assistant trained for academic papers and helps you write your paper by suggesting the next sentence or the end of your sentence. Or, if you get really stuck, you can ask it to write an entire paragraph, completely removing the writer's block I so often struggle with when I don't know the right words to make my point. It helped me write an introduction to a paper I've been struggling with in half an hour. It even suggests which papers to cite. You can add your own library or search the entire internet for papers. Just type the add symbol to easily add a reference and it gets automatically added to the reference list. And the last thing we absolutely love is that it has an AI chatbot that can see your document and give feedback on how to improve your manuscript. Or you can ask it questions, such as what are the potential therapeutic benefits of dot dot dot, and it will search through the papers for you for the answer. I can only say that my stress level has gone down significantly since I started using Jenny. Check out the free version now at thestrugglingscientist.com slash Jenny. And if you love it, use the code SCIENCE20 for a 20% discount. Um, was there anything that really surprised you also about consulting something that you didn't expect beforehand? Yeah, I think um, people, I think business in general, people make a really big hype about Oh, like you gotta, you gotta like do things right. And like, there's a lot of, you know, bureaucracy and blah, 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 blah. I think with consulting specifically, I kind of think of myself as like a pirate <laughs> or like a, a gypsy. Um, you know, I go in and I do my thing and then I leave. And it's so, I think personally, what surprised me is how well suited it is for my personality because, you know, I don't. I don't like to kind of linger or, you know, that's one of the reasons why I don't like to work at a company is because there's a lot of politics mm -hmm. and with consulting, there's like zero politics because I'm just mm -hmm. some guy that shows up. I do my thing and then I leave. And that's, that's been surprisingly easy. Um, just, it suits my personality. Um, it's a lot easier than, you know, okay, did I say something? Did I do something wrong? I mean, like, think about like how that person felt and like, if I have to see that person again, not a big deal. Um, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm like this, you know, brute force, <laughs> like I'm constantly yelling at people, but I think I, it's not like a social setting mm -hmm. where I have to think about people and you know, how they're going to take things. I'm like, they paid me to tell them the honest truth. To be and effective. I will. Um, you know, what was that? To be effective. Yeah. To be effective. Yes. To be effective. Exactly. Exactly. To not, um, to not like try to do things in a way that, you know, is polite, mm -hmm. so to speak, um, which, you know, I, I think I function a lot better that way in an environment where people really respect and appreciate that kind of transparency and honesty. And that's, yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, and it, it's funny because the other surprising bit was uh, I was surprised that academia is less like that. <laughs> you would think, like, you know, with our desire for data and, you know, to get to the point of things, there's actually a lot more politics. Yeah. Oh. Surprises me. A lot of bureaucracy. And I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm really glad not to be at that setting anymore. Mm -hmm. So what advice would you actually give anyone who's looking to transition from academia to consulting? Yeah, I think one of the one of, it's one of those hard things that um, somehow you have to have some idea that you know that your personality is suited for it because 
I could imagine if I made this transition and, you know, I didn't know how to juggle a lot of different things, uh, it would be really overwhelming. Um, I'd say you got to start small, you know, like I, I started, you know, a couple hours here and there in graduate school. Um, I didn't make much, you know, but the idea that I was able to do it gave me a lot of confidence. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of where people get tripped up. They think it's like an all or nothing kind of scenario. And really you just have to kind of, you got to do a little testing, basically a little small scale testing and realize like, does this, does this make sense for me? Is this, is this right? Um, and, you know, that could look like just going to a firm, a consulting firm and saying like, hi, I'd like to work for you and, you know, get that experience and, and learn it in sort of a more controlled and structured setting. Um, like I said, I'm very much the type of person that just jumps into things. Probably more often than not, I'll jump into things without thinking too hard about it. So, you know, if you're if you're not comfortable with that kind of, uh, you know, it, that can be really challenging because I, I, I've done some weird things. Um, for example, like someone just randomly messaged me on LinkedIn and was like, I can't tell you very much about my project, but would you be willing to jump on a plane and go to Mexico? And I was, you know, for a second, I was like, am I getting catfish? Is this a scam? And then I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and it turned out that the reason um, there was so much, like so many things I, they couldn't tell me about of it is mm -hmm. because the person I was working with was a, uh, uh, American actress so it was very mm. it was like a really surreal experience of <laughs> oh I'm in Mexico with this person that you know I can see on TV so that was that was crazy um and so that's kind of the the sort of mindset you kind of have to have is just being willing to jump into things and um perhaps not think so hard about it um which I know can be really <laughs> difficult for people in in a scientific uh you know graduate level program um but yeah i i think it gives me a little bit of excitement and adventure if you like that if you like a little bit of you know things being different every day i think that's that's the kind of personality that you need to have for consulting because i i just <laughs> i not to not to denigrate my work or anything but a lot of times i'm i'm really am shooting from the seat of my pants because <laughs> i you know, some things I really don't know, but be as long as I'm one step ahead of my client, they will appreciate the work that I do. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was really interesting. I think that also answers our question about what kind of uh, personality <laughs> you would recommend this for and whatnot. So thank you so much for talking with us today. And we have learned a lot about consulting and hopefully our listeners too. Uh, do you have any social media handles or websites you would like to share with our audience so that they can find you? Yeah, so if you just go to uh, my website at uh, Brian Quoclay, that's B R Y A N Q U O C L E dot com, um, you can find all my uh, work there and my portfolio. And you know that, that I hope that gives some people some idea of like how this can be done. And you know, it's I won't say it's easy, but I will say that it's it's rewarding. And if you really like to learn more on the business side of things, I think it's a really great experience. Um, you know, especially transitioning from academia. Very cool. Uh, if our listeners have any questions, suggestions, comments, uh, papers we need, really need to read or science that we need to hear about, you can reach us either via our website, thestrugglingscientist.com or via our email address, thestrugglingscientist at hotmail.com. We also have a lot of social media, Jaron, which wants are those again? 
Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and a little bit on Pinterest. <laughs> yes, and everywhere you can find us at the, as the Struggling Scientist. Also, definitely check out our website for our amazing merch. We will now also have Christmas sweaters, science-inspired Christmas, Christmas sweaters that are absolutely amazing. So check them out. And we hope to see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.